0: Yeah, yeah. So Thanksgiving is is a, is a wonderful time of giving. I, I like to take the position of it's a it's a time to give special day to give thanks to God. Now I know that Thanksgiving is not a it's not a Christian holiday or religious holiday so to speak, but it is a it is a holiday that was established in the United States for the purpose of giving honor thanks to God. And and I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that we live in a nation where that's a priority. So I make that part of my priority during Thanksgiving. And we had a good time. My entire family was able to go to uh, New Brunfels. So we we dealt with Interstate 35 between here and San Antonio. of you guys who drive that, you know how much fun that is. That was that was not that, I just lied there. It is not fun. So so but we we drove we drove down there had a had a really good time spending time with Rebecca his father. He's uh, 89 years old, and this morning, here just a little bit, he'll be getting up to to preach in his church. It is a Spanish speaking church in New Braunfels that that was planted with the purpose of reaching first generation Spanish speaking people here in the United States. So, so I know there are a lot of immigrants and people coming through, and uh, and there are a lot of people take political positions on all that, and that's fine. Take your position, but here's one position I have: is they need the gospel, and so. One of the wonderful things is he's able to preach to them in the language they can understand, win people to Jesus, raise up little boys and girls to uh, to be godly, and to live in this in this generation. So I uh, I'm grateful for him. I'm just grateful for his uh, for being the the, the head of, of my wife's family, and and since my father has passed away, I, I look to him as our as our patriarch. So uh, I, I, I'm just very very blessed that we got to spend that time with him. But you know what? Thanksgiving is a life lifestyle for believers. And I want to talk a little bit about that today. So I have a message entitled Gratitude and Thanksgiving. Very simple. Gratitude and Thanksgiving. You know, you gotta think about this and 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 pr- during our pre-service prayer if you missed it if you weren't in here when, when we had our time of praying before the service Cynthia was praying for people to uh, who were having maybe a struggle being thankful and and, and th- trying to find a purpose and a reason for being thankful and I want to thank you for giving a perfect introduction to today's message because really that's what this is about and, uh, and and so we were we were right in sync with each other and I don't think and I know you didn't sneak into my notes and look at them but but it is, a, uh, it, it is a critical thing that we live with a thankful attitude, a, an attitude of gratitude and express gratitude. But I'm going to give you some, some practical reasons why, and, and I want to help you to be the most, the most thankful person around when it comes to your gratitude toward God. Uh, because I know that the questions do come up, how can I be thankful when nothing seems to be going right in my life? I mean, how can I be grateful to God? How can I show gratitude to God when our nation is in an upheaval, when there's, there's chaos all around us? The world seems to be falling apart. How can I be thankful and grateful to God? Well, those are good questions, and I'm, I'm going to deal with that today. In fact, I read an article this last week. It was put out by a publication called Christianity Today, and the, the article was entitled The Science of... Of giving thanks to God. I thought, okay, that's going to be interesting because I have to tell you this. I love it. I love it when science discovers the things that are in the Bible and that they're actually true. It actually works. And so I, I, you know, it's like it it takes them forever to figure this out. And the truth is I don't need science to prove this, but let's go ahead and look at what they've said. According to them, it says, people who who talk to God, pray to God, who are thankful to God. So this is talking about Christian believers. It says, believers who who experience and express gratitude to God have higher hope, higher satisfaction, more optimism, fewer depression episodes, and greater stress recovery. It says a gratitude to God magnifies and amplifies the effects of gratitude even toward other people. So it's a lot of positives that end up happening in your life when you are giving gratitude to God regardless of the situation. Now, I do want to do want to share with you some biblical meanings before we move forward because the terms gratitude and thanksgiving are quite often used interchangeably and in today's culture I think it's okay but I want but I titled today's gratitude and thanksgiving I titled the the message that because it's important that we use both terms. Now, first of all, Thanksgiving. What is that? Well, Thanksgiving is actually, biblically speaking, an attitude. So, in the Bible, where you see the word Thanksgiving, that's a feeling. That's an emotion. That is something that is that stirs up in you. That you just feel this it's an attitude i i have an attitude of thanksgiving well then we, we we jump over to a lot of other places in the bible where we see another word which is used uh quite a bit in some uh, in some bibles it is now translated gratitude is actually translated as thanksgiving because in our language thanksgiving has a more broad meaning but gratitude is an action so thanksgiving is an attitude, gratitude is an action, but I'm going to use both words today. Now, but, but gratitude, specifically speaking, it means this, it means displaying thankfulness and it also means giving grace. That's important. That's important. So in other words, you have to do something that displays thankfulness and that gives grace. All right. I ask you to turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28. And I hope you found yourself there because we're going to be looking at this passage quite a bit through the message today at various places in Uh, Hebrews 12, 28. Now, follow along with me. I'm reading from the New International Version. It says, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom, important words, a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Now, what does all of that mean? I'm glad you asked, because we're going to talk about it. First of all, where it says, let us be thankful. That is that word that was, is, has most commonly been, uh, been translated as gratitude. NIV uses uh, thankful, but, but it's, it's, about, it's about gratitude. It really means, let us have grace. Let us where it says let us be thankful, a a a real interpretation says let us have grace. So I want you to see there's a connection between grace and gratitude. See, we have this tradition in our in our land where we give grace. Uh, we pray over a meal. Now, I, I didn't grow up in a household where we say, let's give grace or let's, uh, before a meal, but I know a lot of people do. Some of you did. So let's give grace. So so who's going to, sometimes at, around the table, who's going to say grace? And and I, I know I was in some situations as a kid and I would say, okay, I'll do it, grace. And, you know, and everyone laughs and we're having fun. So I didn't really understand what that meant <laughs> until now, as I began studying for this, because what it means to give grace, who's going to say grace? That means who's going to verbalize the thankfulness that's in their heart and is going to make it known. Who's going to take what's inside of them and give grace? They're going to give gratitude. So there's a connection between grace and gratitude. In fact, in common languages today, uh, grace, the term grace actually equals uh, gratitude in many of our languages. Uh, For example, uh, in the French language "Gras adieu" means thanks to God. In Italian, "grazie" means what? Thank you. Spanish, you guys know this, one. "gracias" means what? Thank you. No, I did not roll my Rs on purpose. I'm not Mexican. All right, so let's try it again. "Gracias" means what? Thank you. Some of you got upset with me because I heard someone go. I'm like, no, it's okay. I can, I can say it, I can say it Texas style. All right. So, so, so you see how these words. You see how these words have their their root is actually grace, which means gratitude or thanks. So there's this linguistic connection between thanks and grace. But it's also important, I think, to look at the opposite of that. When you look at the opposite of it, to be honest, there's probably nothing more uh, ungracious than an unthankful, entitled person, right? You know, that's like a very ungracious person. Yet a thankful person, one who gives gratitude, also experiences the grace of God. So there's this, there's this reciprocal uh, attitude that happens there between grace and, and thanks and, and gratitude. So, so when it comes to gratitude, get this, God requires two things. He actually has a requirement for grace, for gratitude. His gratitude expectations are first and foremost, appreciate what he does for you. That's in your heart. That's your attitude. Appreciate what he does for you. And second is to express your appreciation. Stay right there. These are the gratitude expressions, expectations that God, that God requires of us. So he doesn't want us to be running around like an entitled little kid, <laughs> He doesn't want that at all. He, he wants us to feel it, to appreciate it, and to express it one way or another. This is, what, this is how God works through thanksgiving. Now, a lot of people are thankful in their hearts. Okay, are you thankful? Yeah, well, I'm thankful in my heart. And, and I would say, really, everyone in this room, to one degree or another, you are thankful in your heart to God for something. But God expects us to go beyond that. That's why it says express your appreciation. So we go beyond that and we physically begin to do something. We physically say something. We physically express our appreciation to God. And that's where the breakdown happens. And I'm challenging you. I'm gonna challenge you to to go beyond just the heartfelt appreciation and to go diving deep into expressing that appreciation. Uh, because gratitude to God must be expressed. Now, if you're a parent, <laughs> how would you feel if you have this child who's growing up in your home and they're, they're definitely past two or three years of age and they're, they're a little bit older now and, they're, and they understand where things come from. How would you feel if you raised that child all the way through their teen years and they never said thank you to you for all you've done for them, <laughs> They never showed gratitude, well, if, if they were just living that way, always just kind of kind of accepting everything that you gave to them and you 've done for them just as they 're right, this is my right, I, they, and they, they are basically taking everything for granted, then they have an attitude of entitlement. Now, just to talk about entitlement for a second, entitlement is a huge problem in the culture of today, but it has its roots in. An attitude that does not express gratitude to God, doesn't express thanksgiving to God. That's actually where it has its roots. So if you're a parent and you have a child like that, you would find that that would be a very frustrating relationship because nobody wants to deal with an attitude of entitlement because entitlement is the antithesis. It's the opposite of gratitude and thanksgiving. Entitlement never says Thank you so much. There's no gratitude, there's no thanksgiving, and there is no grace. So basically, it, if you're entitled, what happens then is it begins to overflow um, into your worship of God. There's no gratitude toward God. And truth be told, I mean, many Christians treat God as entitled, self-centered little children. And, and I, I do want to say it is a very dangerous place to be in. But those who, who feel their gratefulness to God and they express it to God in one way or another and they find various ways of expressing their gratitude toward God, those types of believers do not feel entitled to anything, to anything. I have to tell you a little story here. This happened so long ago, nobody would know what happened here. But there was a situation I had to deal with in our church uh, that was with an ungrateful, entitled person. And it, was, it became a problem. Uh, I, I had this one time, I had to put my, one of many times I had to kind of put my foot down. Not kind of, I, I did put my foot down as a pastor and said, this is just, no, this is not the way it's gonna work. And, uh, and he, here's, here's the story. But a person who, who attended our church, but they, would, they were not a worshiper. They, you know, they, they didn't worship, and they, I do notice those things. <laughs> but they, they're, they're not a worshiper. They wouldn't sing. They'd come in late. They'd stumble in, and, and they came to and brought me a proposal. Hey, I'm going on a missions trip, and I'd like the, for the church to give me $1,000 to do that. And I said, okay, well, that's, that's nice. Uh, but, but I also have, I, but I just, like, you guys aren't, you, you and your husband, you're never here uh, you, you're like, you come occasionally. He said, yeah, because we wake up in the morning, and we just say, God, do we feel led to go to church? Because we always want to feel led. And I was like, that's just weird. So he said, yeah, and we said, God, which church should you lead us to? So we just go wherever. And I'm like, well, and you're, you're asking me to give you money, the church to give you money for this trip. Yeah, yeah. So, well, actually, I do have a... a you know, there is something wise that we do around here. And if a person's going to ask for something like that, we're going to see, are they giving? We'll find out they don't give at all. They don't don't express gratitude to God at all, even with their giving. And I said, sorry, you're not going to be able to come up on the platform and do this because first of all, you're hardly ever here. And second, you don't even give yourself. And they got angry with me. How dare you? How dare you? And finally, I just said, hey, Listen, we got this homeless guy over here, Jack. I said, he gives more in the offerings than you ever did. I don't mean to shame you, but he gives more than you did. So I'll tell you what, if you would like to, I I threw this out as a challenge. I knew it wouldn't be accepted, but I threw it out as a challenge. I said, would you please come next Sunday and thank Jack for the air conditioning and the cushy seats that you get to sit in? And then we'll talk more about it. Well, they said, no, we're going to leave the church. And so they did. And I'm glad. Because, because you know what? That was an, I'm, I'm serious. I'm glad. Are you guys mad at me? Was I mean? No, actually, I told the truth. And because I'm not going to let y'all be abused by a person who's come up here begging for, for money when Jack's giving more than they give. You understand what I'm saying? Like, come on, Jack. I mean, Jack, okay. Okay. You get what I'm saying here. So, so there's this attitude of gratitude where you're not going to get grace in return if you don't begin to express your gratitude toward the Lord somehow, somehow. Because if you don't, you become an entitled little baby and it ruins you and it destroys you. Now, <laughs> gratitude toward God, again, does not equal entitlement at all. Actually, gratitude toward God is a position of submission to the Lord, and it's a very good place to be. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 6 says this. It says, In all your ways, submit to him. That word is, submit is important here. And he will make your paths straight. So submit here means to acknowledge. In fact, in some of your Bibles, it says, In all your ways, acknowledge him. And, and uh, another, another way that it's, it's translated is in all your ways, demonstrate his greatness. So so really what this is, is that is the attitude of gratitude. It's, and it also speaks of a continuous action that's happening here, because this is not a one-time thing. This is a continuous thing. So basically, as you continuously demonstrate God's greatness to him, he will continuously make your paths straight. If you Pause continually to acknowledge God in a, in a specific way. If you show Him gratitude, He will continue to make your path straight. God will go on being faithful as you demonstrate His goodness and His greatness. He will. He will. But, but the opposite is, well, I'm just entitled so I'm not going to acknowledge God. I'm not going to demonstrate his greatness and I'm not going to submit to him. And 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 that is the problem. And that is the why so many lives are spinning out of control because the, you can't figure out what's around the next corner. Your life is not straight. You don't have a straight path in front of you. And that really goes back to that whole principle that I read about from that magazine called The Science of Giving Thanks to God from Christianity Today. It's it's the same exact thing. So this whole concept of demonstrating gratitude and thanksgiving, it also comes with a very, very solemn warning. It's found in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28, so we have to go back there. So I want you to look at Hebrews 12, 28, look at it, and you're going to see a word at the very beginning. I'm, I'm training you in this because I'm training you to rightly divide the word of truth. So you, what is the very first word that we see in that scripture reference for today? What is it? There. Therefore. Therefore means there's something before it. So if I'm going to teach this, I would never be able to take this passage and just preach it on my own. I have to at least understand the background or understand the reason why. And if I'm going to present to you the whole word of God, we actually have to figure out what the therefore is because there's a cause and effect that happens here. So something causes us to realize that we're receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, which causes us to be thankful. So let's go back and look at it in its context. Remember, you can never make the Bible say what it never said. You can never make the Bible mean what it never meant. Hebrew, excuse, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 25, go back to that now. You're gonna go a few verses up. Hebrews 12, 25, all right? Now, just so that you understand what's happening here, this is written to Jewish Christians. So these were believers who, who, were, uh, who were raised in Judaism but had given their lives to the Lord. So, so the writer of Hebrews uses a lot of illustrations from the Old Testament because these people have been raised in the scriptures from the very beginnings of their life. So so in this, in this particular scripture, he's talking about Mount Sinai. They're talking about Moses. They're talking, he's talking about the wonderful things God did there, but how, how they saw the fire of God and they saw the earth, they, they felt the earth shaking when he spoke. I mean, this was an incredible, uh, sight here. I mean, they, they experienced, they, they saw the fire fall down on the top of the mountain. So, so they experienced and they saw a lot and they didn't wa- they were scared of even hearing god's voice that's why moses had to speak to the people for god all right now take a look at it here it says hebrews chapter 12 verse 25 see to it that you do not refuse him who speaks now that's speaking of god in the new testament if they, if they, meaning the people at Mount Sinai, did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, how much less will we, if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? So there's warnings here. Okay, this is important. There are warnings here. You catching that? At that time, Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth. But now, in the New Testament, he has promised, once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is, created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, now, now we're into today's scripture, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, that's the kingdom of God, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and Ah, for God is a consuming fire. So this is a very solemn warning in the context of this warning is to show gratitude to God because we're in a world that is disintegrating, that is falling apart. There's a distress and uncertainty and there's hate and there's division and, and there's fear and there's war and perplexity and confusion and distress. You see it all around. It's, it's everywhere. It's, it's in the world and it's growing worse, but we don't despair because of that. We don't live in the culture that says, well, that, that dictates our future. We're just going to be, we're going to let that overtake us. We're going to live in depression. No, you don't have to because God says there is coming a time when he will shake the earth and he will shake the heavens. Now, the heavens literally means the cosmos. Uh, it, does, it means the universe. It's not talking about heaven where, you know, when you die, you go to heaven. But, but, uh, but it's talking about he will shake the universe. And he, really, the truth is this. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. So God is shaking nations, and God will shake nations. God is shaking our nations. Do you see that? Do you see and understand that? There's a shaking going on. And and, uh, and and I'll just tell you you know, about this nation. I love it greatly. I love the United States of America, but it is not an eternal kingdom. It's not. And because you have been invited into the family of God, adopted into the family of God, and have been given citizenship in God's kingdom, your primary allegiance is not to... The flag of the United States of America, the Texas flag, or the state of Texas, as wonderful as it is, and we know how wonderful it is. But your primary allegiance is to Jesus Christ, because you are citizens of his kingdom first and foremost. And like any other nation or country or a citizenship of anywhere, there are benefits to your divine kingdom. I mean, you're, you're under the protection of the king of kings. You are, uh, you are surrounded by his army of angels, which are more powerful than any other army on the face of this earth. And you have the awesome opportunity to go into his presence at any time. Just as free as you are to walk the streets here in America, you are just... Just as free to walk right into the presence of God whenever you desire see you have these rights and you have these benefits that come because you are uh, you're a part of his kingdom and what we do as citizens of his kingdom is we accept the cultures and we accept the behaviors of God's kingdom we adopt his ways that's why that's why most of the scriptures is written about how we live how we behave how we how we live our lives out because that's actually what God's kingdom these are the, the rules by which we operate in God's kingdom. So we're a part of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Did you get that? That's why it says, therefore, because we're a part of the kingdom of God, which cannot be shaken, even though the kingdom of the United States can be shaken, will be shaken, and is being shaken. You see that? We are part of a, of a, of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. So citizenship in God's kingdom becomes your anchor here's the beauty of it though it's, 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 his kingdom is now but his kingdom is also in the future his kingdom abides in us in this life his kingdom abides in you when the Holy Spirit comes into your life when you receive Christ the Spirit of God comes into you and, and he dwells in you and because of that you're a, you're a part of God's kingdom you have forgiveness of sins <laughs> you have the Holy Spirit living in you you have healing you have deliverance you have eternal life. You have the ability to actually have relationship with the God of the universe. You also have the body of Christ. You have protection. You have provision. You have all of these benefits of his kingdom, which happen now. Now, in eternity, you're going to step into the next part of his kingdom, which is his physical, eternal kingdom. And you can pick up your Bibles and read that in in, uh, in the book of Revelation, chapter 21 and 22. I read through it about three times preparing for the message today. And, and I just, that that's your homework. That That's the beauty of where what your future looks like. That's the wonderful things God has for us because you're already citizens of his kingdom. Therefore, you're going to be, you are already citizens of that new Jerusalem, which we're going to be in forever. <laughs> no more pain, no more Sorrow, no more death. You get a new body. <laughs> Thank God for that. You're going to have these, God, you're going to be given extravagant rewards for what you did during this life. What you did on earth, you will have rewards beyond your ability to even comprehend in eternity based upon that. There's not going to be any sin. There will be no curse. There will just be abundance and beauty and perfection. I can't wait. So we are a part of that kingdom. Your primary citizenship is there. It is a perfect kingdom. So let's look back at Hebrews chapter twelve, verse twenty-eight. It says, "Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom, yes, that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful." That's how to do it right there. Your gratitude is an is just an. It's an appropriate response to all of the benefits and privileges of God's eternal kingdom, that kingdom that cannot be shaken, while this kingdom on earth is being shaken. Thank God. I know there's shaking going on all around us. I I see it just like you do. I'm not going to make that my focus because the scriptures tell us we're to be of good cheer, be grateful, and it says in the Bible these things are going to happen and. Don't just think about being grateful, tell God, express to God that you're grateful. Express to God, thank you God that I am part of the unshakable kingdom, the kingdom of righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And in the midst of all that's happening in the world, the the alarm and the fear and the anxiety and the insufficient answers that that the the culture of today tries to heap up on you. <laughs> You can stand there and say, but you know what? I'm part of an unshakable kingdom, and I have peace. I have security. I have purpose. So how do you respond appropriately to God? Well, you're thankful. You show God your gratitude. Look back at the text again. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably. How? with reverence and awe for our god is a consuming fire so giving gratitude and thanks to god is something that that you that's in you that you know can't be replicated anywhere else but what it does that thankfulness releases your spirit for acceptable worship for acceptable a uh, service for his kingdom you know and, and i even believe this that without gratitude and thanksgiving if you try to serve without a grateful thankful heart uh, you're not going to see the grace and the benefits come back to you because an ungrateful person is bound up in themselves they're self-centered and they can't they don't really know true liberation but thankfulness, when we express it somehow, we have to express this, it actually releases our spirits. First Thessalonians 5, 18 and 19 says, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you. you wanted, some people say, I just want to know the will of God. Well, if you start by giving thanks in all circumstances to God, you're going to find out what the will of God is because everything else points right back toward that. You See how this is? This is foundational. This is critical. And we don't talk enough about it. It says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit. A lot of people leave that out. But <laughs> that is important because it fits right in here. It's just, it's not like it's a totally new thought. See, failing to give thanks can quench the Spirit of God. So express that gratitude and that thanksgiving to the Lord. And the final warning is seen right there at the end of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 29. It says, For our God is a consuming fire. Now, I know you might, if at first glance, you might think, I don't get that. Uh, <laughs> it seems out of place, but it's not out of place. Remember, He's talking to these people about these 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 people, these these Christian Jews, who according to their history, they know the story of Mount Sinai, where where this fire came down and consumed. And that freaked them out. It's like we don't we don't we don't want to get involved in that right there. And so so he's reminding them that you need to approach God with a humble, thankful heart. And understanding that there is some of the fear of God that's built into this. I'll be candid with you. I I think that in today's world, we don't talk enough about the fear of God, but we should have the fear of God. We need to have the fear of God. Uh, It's a, a motivational sermon. Or motivational talk that talks about the fear of God, all of a sudden it's like, oh no, this doesn't feel motivational anymore. Now, if you need to be motivated to do something, you can either do it on your own or you can do it based out of the fear of God. And one thing to remember is God is a consuming fire. That's that's what is in his word right there. He is a consuming fire. Therefore, therefore... Let's just, let's just give him gratitude, okay? Let's just honor him and give him gratitude because that is the key to entering into so much of the goodness of God. And it will help you to, to not fall into the trap that the culture's pushing on you of, of, a, of a degenerate, um, fragmented character. Because the character of the world, the character of the people that are in the world and the culture that is currently being shaken is not the type of character that you want for your own life. And being grateful is going to help you with that. Second Timothy chapter 3. And this is, this is good. Second Timothy 3, 1 through 5 describes what the worldly culture of the last days will be. And you can read this and you can see this very active in the culture. It says, he says, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves lovers of money, boastful, proud abusive, disobedient to parents ungrateful, there it is unholy without love unforgiving slanderous without self control brutal not lovers of good treacherous rash conceited lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God having a form of godliness but denying its power have nothing to do with these people so in other words it's to pull yourself we live in this culture but we can't adopt the 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 lifestyles of the people of the kingdoms of the world we adopt the lifestyle of the kingdom of God and this is a terrible list of moral defects and and character degeneration that you see all around us. Because you cannot go through this list and say, well, I don't ever see any of that. No, you see it, and you see it all. And, and here's, what's, here's what's so interesting. Because I didn't know this until I studied this this particular time. But as I was studying this, I, I realized and I found out that this particular scripture is written in cause and effect. So one statement causes the next statement, which causes the next statement. So if you look at, look at the, the, the scripture that is there, I mean, go ahead and examine the whole list yourself later. But, but people who are lovers of themselves become lovers of money. You see that? People who are lovers of money are boastful. People who are boastful are proud. People who are proud end up being abusive. People who are abusive are disobedient to their parents. People who are disobedient to their parents are ungrateful. That's where we're coming in now. See, that's what I'm teaching about today. They're ungrateful. People who are ungrateful are unholy. Whoa, I'll just stop right there. You can keep doing this to that entire passage of Scripture. But right in the middle of the list, it says disobedient to parents, ungrateful, ungrateful unholy, without love. So ungrateful and unholy are actually connected. You cannot be ungrateful and be holy. Now, I grew up in a culture where holiness was defined as certain things you do and don't do. I, I, actually, my, my, my upbringing was very very conservative and I thank God for it. I have no, I have no problems with it at all. But, but we could not Go swimming on a Sunday because that wasn't holy. We could not go bowling because people at the bowling alleys drank. Alcohol, and so we might be th- thought of as a bad person going in there, so it is unholy. And you, you know, you can, you, some of you are thinking that is absolutely ridiculous. We did not see movies; we didn't go to see movies, and it was because, well, there might be something unholy in there or an unholy person. So, whatever. Uh, I snuck out to see my first movie when I was 18. I went to see ET. That was my very first movie, but but I grew up in that, and I was just I turned out okay, I think. But but holiness is not those things. Holiness begins with thankfulness, with gratitude. You see? Because if you're ungrateful, you become unholy and without love. So we have to serve God with gratitude and thanksgiving. Take a look at Hebrews 12, 28 again. Therefore, I want you to get this in you. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Let us be what? Thankful. And so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. How do you do this? You show up to church on time. You're a generous giver. You show up to church on time because you don't want to miss any of the worship and the prayers. Uh, you, you, You give. You serve in ministry. And you tell the Lord specific reasons why you are grateful. God, thank you. Thank you for giving me citizenship in your kingdom that cannot be shaken just like the rest of the world is being shaken right now. Thank you, God, that, that the kingdom that I'm a part of is, a, is eternal and it will not decay. You know, when you begin to thank God for this attitude of thanksgiving, according to the scriptures, there are several benefits that come your way, and I want you just to hear these benefits. Your troubles are smaller. You're going to have more of God's presence. He will help you with your self-esteem. He's going to give you mental and emotional rest. Your faith will be fortified. Despair and depression is lifted. And you know, I think that's interesting because in an atmosphere of thankfulness and worship, the, you know, despair and depression can lift because of, of the, the power of being, showing gratitude. Your strength is renewed. You'll have fresh joy joy. Your mind and your emotions will be refreshed. Your prayers will be answered. You'll be given victory over the enemy. Satisfaction in your soul. You'll have spiritual freedom and closeness to God. That's what you get for showing gratitude. And that's where holiness is. That's where it is. And I want that. I want that. Do you guys want that? I want that. I crave that. I want that. This morning, as I was doing my devotions, I read through Romans chapter eight. Right now, I'm reading through the Bible in the Message version, and and uh, I was in Romans eight today, and I just came back to this and read this over and over again, and I just want to share this with you as a kind of the icing on the cake for today. Paul says, "So what do you think? With God on our side like this, how can we lose? Plenty of reasons to give." thanks and gratitude to God. If God didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us, embracing our condition and exposing himself to the worst by sending his own son, is there anything else he wouldn't gladly and freely do for us? And who would dare tangle with God by messing with one of God's chosen? Like, <laughs> you're, you're pretty special. You get that? You are. Who would even dare point a finger The one who died for us, who was raised to life for us is in the presence of God at this very moment sticking up for us. Do you think anyone is going to be able to drive a wedge between us and Christ's love for us? There is no way. Not trouble, not hard times, not hatred, not hunger, not homelessness not bullying threats, not backstabbing, not even the worst sins listed in Scripture. None of this phases us because Jesus loves us. And I'm absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our master, has embraced us. That, my friend, is the foundation of it all. So you're gonna show God, will you show God gratitude and thanksgiving, will you? If you will, how will you do it? Will you? I want you to. First of all, I'd just like for every person in this room just to move into an attitude of prayer for just a moment. I want to pray special blessing over this room, over every person who's here. We're going to pray that God inspires us, that our hearts are deeply moved to offer gratitude and thanksgiving to God. But before we do that, I want to make sure every person here is a follower of Jesus, because that's the most important thing that can happen. If you're here this morning and you're not in relationship with Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity to receive him into your life. Give your life to him and put the past behind you. You can put your sin behind you. He will erase your sin as if you have never sinned. If you're here and you want to receive Jesus Christ this morning, you can do so by lifting your hand in just a moment. I'll count to three. You can lift your hand, a very clear signal. And when I do that, just lift your hand so I can see your hand. I'll connect my face with yours. And we're going to pray together. We're going to believe that God's going to work a miracle of salvation in your own life. So is that you? Does anyone here need Jesus today? you want going to give your life to him and see your sins erased and put forever behind you. Will you lift your hand? One, two, three. Lift it up for me. Thanks. Put your hands on Anyone else? That's me. I need Jesus. Thank you. Anyone else? If you lifted your hand, I want you to pray these words with me. You invite Jesus into your life. Congregation, I want you to pray with me regarding, with the people who are uh, lifting their hands and giving their lives to the Lord today. Please pray these words. Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Wash me in your precious blood. Today I make the choice to give up my life, my old life, my old way of doing things to serve you with all of my heart with all of my soul with all of my might I turn my back on the sin that has held me down for so long I give it up and I choose to serve you in Jesus name amen Amen. once you receive this prayer God I just pray blessing over every person. In fact, will you also stand with me all across the outside? God, I pray special blessing on every single person that we will not just be inspired in our minds and in our hearts to be grateful, but we will live this out, that we will do it, that we will we will we will express our gratitude toward God and walk in the holiness that you've called us into, God. God, I pray this over us, God. Help us to keep this as a foundation, as an anchor for our lives. Because God, you're preparing a kingdom for us. You've always already put the foretaste of it in our hearts. But God, you are preparing a kingdom for us that is unshakable, that is so wonderful. And God, we have nothing to fear, nothing to worry about, and plenty of thanks and gratitude to give to you as a result. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Thank you for tuning in to the City Life Podcast. If you're interested in attending our Sunday service or would like more information, go to citylifefw.org.